Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Chris Gordy does a great job covering all things sports at Sports Talk 790 there in Houston. And Chris, appreciate you joining us once again, man. How you doing this afternoon? Oh, doing okay. I was rooting for my guy Joe Burrow yesterday. But you know what? It's uh, it's all good to get Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts, the two best teams in the NFL. I, I think we couldn't have scripted it any better when we talk about you know the best matchup. Yeah, I think that that's how most people are feeling too. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about the actual Super Bowl matchup itself. But looking at the Chiefs-Bengals game last night, so many people, especially if you're a Bengals fan, felt like uh, some of the officiating was unfair. Uh, some people were talking about, of course, the killer play and the hit out of bounds and how much of a huge penalty that was. But just the game itself, what did you make of that particular matchup? And do you feel like there was some uh, some officiating gaffes that happened in that matchup too? There were. I mean, the one that the one that killed me the most was you know the third down where the Bengals get the stop and they suddenly blow it dead. It's the refs go, oh, no, 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 wait, wait, the clock was running and it should have been running, so uh, we're just going to do that play over. It's frustrating because the Bengals got the stop, right? Like they forced the incompletion from, from home, so they're like, all right, well, let's do it again. They replay the down, the Bengals get another stop, and then they call, oh, wait, no, there was defensive holding. Yeah, Eli Apple, he grabbed the hold of the receiver. You know, it just felt like there were these moments where it was like, how many times are you refs going to give the Chiefs a chance here? So um, it was frustrating. I mean, the, the late hit out of bounds, uh, you know, towards the end of the game, like you got to call that. When it happened, I was like, that's stupid, you know, stupid play. But you think about the situation there. Uh, Mahomes, I think, just got the first down, but they were there was only eight seconds left in the clock, and you know they still were not technically like they were just on the brink of long field goal range there. So. You know, there's no guarantee, but you, you assess the, the late hit penalty and boom, makes it a much more makeable field goal. They make the field goal and they go on to win. And I just thought at that point, that game deserved to go into overtime. You know, uh, Burrow had started to pick up his game and had some big long completions with Jamar Chase. I just felt like that game was destined for overtime. But unfortunately, we didn't get it. I, I get it. You got to call the late hit there out of bounds on Mahomes. And poor Joseph Asai. I mean, he's got to live with that for the rest of his life. That that play, that boneheaded mistake, you know, is what forced that game, kept it from going overtime, basically handed the Chiefs the game. And I get it. You know, you, you want to be a good teammate. You want to look at it and say, well, there were so many plays left on the field. Yeah, but if he doesn't make that play, maybe they don't kick the field goal and we're going overtime. So who knows? But, um, again, I, I'm not – I don't hate on Mahomes. I don't hate on the Chiefs. I'm, I'm fine with them winning and – uh uh, the Bengals are going to be looking back at what, what could have been in that game. Patrick Mahomes went into that game battling injury, and it was all, and Travis Kelsey came into the game within the past couple of days with an injury designation. So you're talking about two of your best players there. They had a number of injuries at receiver. They were able to fight through that. But with Patrick Mahomes, it was almost like he waited until that moment, didn't move around a lot during the game. But when they needed to have it, that was the moment that he delivered. He waited till. They just had to have it, and, and he made a play. Yeah, I, I almost like – I'm almost calling BS on the Kelsey thing. I know they said he was having back spasms or whatever, but, like, if it was to the point where early Sunday morning they're like, oh, he's a game-time decision. He's questionable and all this. And then, yeah, every play we saw him out there do was balling. He looked like Travis Kelsey. So, um, it is what it is. It made for great drama. Oh, my God, he made up play. And, Patrick Mahomes, he, he's only at 50%. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes looks, looks like he was at 85% yesterday. So, 
Um, you know, it, it is what it is. It makes it makes for great drama and great storylines. Where man, he put the team on his back, and he wasn't even fully healthy. But those guys look pretty healthy to me. And you know, now Mahomes gets two weeks to rest up. Same thing with Kelsey. And so, yeah, I, I think when we get to the Super Bowl matchup, I think we're going to see two uh, two teams that are pretty well rested and ready to go. And you know, flip side, Jalen Hurts, man, he's been so impressive this year. I was a guy ready to call not bust, but like years ago, his rookie year, I was saying he's good, but not great. You know, he's a quarterback that was using his legs a lot. I want to say he had like a 52% completion percentage. Give him credit. He improved a lot dramatically these last two years with his passing game. Now, look, it helps to go get Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, and trade for A.J. Brown. That doesn't hurt either, but Jalen Hurts has really upped his game, and you know, he didn't even have to do much yesterday for them to get the win, so uh, two really, really strong teams, and uh, again, I, I think this one is a is a is a pick 'em. I mean, in my opinion, I know I think some of the sports books came out with the Eagles minus two, two and a half, something like that. But I really think this game could go either way. You know, you mentioned the the Forty Niners and Eagles game, which a lot of credit to the Eagles, but injuries. Have you ever seen anything like that with the Forty ers a third string quarterback, then their backup to the third string quarterback goes out, and then they have to bring back in the injured third string quarterback, and then he's not really throwing downfield, so then they even throw in. Christian McCaffrey to try to play. I mean, I know it's probably happened in games before, but to happen in the NFC title game the way that it did for the 49ers seems pretty unprecedented. Yeah, and I think it really makes you start to think now when you consider uh, your running back, your punter, your kicker, you know, who's your emergency quarterback uh, and what that guy's skill set is because, you know, they were saying on the broadcast that Christian McCaffrey was the emergency quarterback and, you know, you probably have a little faith in him throwing some passes around the field, but uh, there's been other situations, other games where the emergency quarterback was the putter. And it's like, God, like you, you really, uh, if he gets that bad, I mean, I don't know what you do. And it got that bad for the 49ers yesterday. Um, you know, luckily, Brock Purdy wasn't missing a limb. He was still able to go in there and take snaps, but couldn't even throw a pass. So, uh, I mean, once that happened, it, it were just, you knew the game was over. The 49ers couldn't do anything that the defense wasn't going to be able to, to score points for them. But, um, yeah, it just got me thinking, like, if I'm if I'm going to be at the Senior Bowl uh, starting tomorrow or later you know, throughout this week, and I just wonder when you're, when you're scouting some of these guys, like, and I'm scouting a running back, like, hey, I'm just curious, how's your arm? If we, if we ever had an emergency situation, I had to have you play quarterback, could you complete some throws for us? Like, I wonder if that starts to go through some of these GM's heads. Not that you'll ever get, you know, you shouldn't ever get to your fourth or fifth string quarterback on a roster, but it just happened to the Niners and basically lost the playoff game because they ran out of quarterback. Now that it's set with Chiefs and Eagles, what are your initial thoughts on key matchups on both sides with the Chiefs and Eagles? Uh, the Chiefs run game has been so fun to watch. Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round pick that they found that, Anybody who plays fantasy football knows that that guy blew up on the scene um, as this year went along. The Eagles have been so good at shutting down the run. So if they take away that run game of, you know, of the uh, Chiefs, you know, and it's all just on the homes to pass, uh, that, that, that secondary has been really good for the Eagles too. So, um, you know, to me, that's what I'm looking at. Can the, can the Chiefs get anything going in the run game? Can they keep, you know, sustained drives moving, keep moving the chains and, eat up clock and go along methodical drives. Uh, that's a big one to me. And then on the flip side, man, this Chiefs secondary is, is really impressed. Uh, so many rookies back there. You know, two interceptions on Joe Burrow yesterday. 
Uh, like I said, Jalen Hurts didn't have to do much uh, in the game yesterday to get the win. Uh, can he make the big throws when they need him? You know, I, it seems like so many of the games this year, Jalen Hurts has made, he's had big pass plays, but they've been in blowout wins. You know, what happens if this game is, you know, they're down four late in the game and they got to go on a, on a uh, you know, a touchdown drive to go win it. Can Jalen Hurts do that? So those are just kind of a, a couple of the spots that, that stand out to me. But, uh, man, I, I just feel like this is the best matchup that we could have got, strength on strength on both sides. So we have Chris Gordy of Sports Talk 790 in Houston, as well as the Locked On SEC podcast here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. So, Chris, I know that it can be a little cliche to say, but is there a particular team between these two that you feel like have a little bit more pressure to win this game? It's the Super Bowl. I mean, it's the most pressurized game there is in all of American sports for no matter who's in it. But is there one side or one player? What do you make as far as the pressure and also uh, the need for particular players or teams to win this Super Bowl this year? Yeah, I feel like there's probably a little bit more pressure on the Eagles just because, you know, this is Jalen Hurts' first big moment on the stage. Um, you know, I was at the Super Bowl, the Eagles won you know, a handful of that five, six years ago, and uh, it's a different looking cast. I mean, I was I saw so many Nick Foles jerseys out there, and it's like, man, that's it's a different different roster. The Chiefs, you know, they got a lot of new faces as well, but a lot of the guys who were on that team a couple of years ago are still around, like Kelsey and Mahomes, and and so on and so forth. So. Um, I think it's kind of big on both sides. You know, when we talk about Patrick Mahomes' legacy, when they first, when he first won that first Super Bowl a couple of years ago, you know, what was the reaction? Oh my God, Trav- uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is is the next coming, and you know, he's got multiple Super Bowls coming his way, and all this. Well, he's he's gotten a one, and then you know, one more and lost it, and now he's in another one. If he loses this one, you know, we're going to be looking at Mahomes going. Well, yeah, man, that one Super Bowl is great, but now you've been to a couple more and you can't win. You know, you can't win it. I think that adds to his legacy. If he has a second Super Bowl ring, man, we're really elevating Patrick Mahomes. You know, on the all-time greats list. On the flip side, Jalen Hurts, like we said, is a guy. Two years ago, we questioned can he throw the ball. I mean, don't forget he was benched at Alabama because he couldn't throw. Tua was a better thrower than him. He went to Oklahoma, got in the Lincoln Riley system, looked pretty good. And then his first year with the Eagles, you know, there were questions again if he could throw. So if he goes out and wins a Super Bowl, man, you're changing the whole trajectory of Jalen Hurts' career. And if suddenly you start talking about reworking his contract, if his eight, you know, if I'm his agent, I'm on the phone with the Eagles right when the offseason starts and go, hey, man, let's pay my guy. Let's make him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. So there's a lot of implications on both sides. And I hate to just go to the quarterback legacy, but that's what these Super Bowls are. It's about the quarterback and creating legacies. And, Again, I just look at it as if Hurts can get that done, man, does he elevate uh, in the minds of what we think of him. Because I do think he's a guy who's going to play many more years. I don't think it's the flash in the pan like the Nick Foles or the Trent Dilfer or you know Joe Flacco fizzled out pretty quickly after winning his. I think Hurts, you know, we could be talking about a trajectory of him where maybe he's playing in multiple Super Bowls in his career. So it's, um, it's an interesting one, man. But I, I, I keep going back to Mahomes. If he wins that second ring, yeah, we're, we're, he's not on Tom Brady level yet, by any means, but we start to put him in that elite category with two rings on his finger. MVP may come down to these two guys and Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. Of course, there are other nominees for it. But there's a thought out there that Jalen Hurts shouldn't win it because he missed two games towards the end of the regular season. Do you think that's a fair thought? It seems like it should make the case stronger because they lost one game with him as the starter. And then the two games that he missed, they lost both those games. 
Yeah, I think when we look at it like full picture, like the first half of the season, I was leaning hurt. But what happened around the mid- middle point of the season and towards the back end, Mahomes stepped up his play and Mahomes played better. Um, you know, I think Hurts is the benefit of, of a really, really, really good defense. You know, we saw that yesterday. Uh, the the storyline coming out of the game yesterday was the elite uh, Eagles defense that just dominated. It wasn't what Jalen Hurts did. So, uh, to me, it, it's Patrick Mahomes. And the bigger one is this, guys. Look at that receiving core for, for the Chiefs. I mean, he lost Tyree Kill this offseason, and it hasn't even seemed to matter. I mean, that's that's where you know a player is great. You lose one of the best wide receivers in the game, and they haven't even really missed him. I mean, Nicole Hardman had some nice games early in the year, but uh, they they kind of just spread this thing around and just continues to find uh, find his receivers. It doesn't matter who's out there. So, yeah, if we're going with the totalitarianness of the of the season, I'm going with uh, with Matt Mahomes as the uh, regular season MVP. But uh, that's not to take much away from from Hurts. Like I said, I thought he elevated his game a lot this year, but. I just think I would give Mahomes a slight edge over Hurts. Now, I know that this team lost in the NFC title game, but going back to the 49ers, I want your thoughts, Chris, on their quarterback situation because we know they they went through injured quarterbacks after injured quarterbacks and trying to figure it out. But as far as the future and heading into next year, kind of what do you think they should do or how do you think they should handle this? Should they buy into just one quarterback and move on with them or should they try to work out some other scenario? What do you make of that situation? Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, I think like the easiest thing to look at is you traded up to draft Trey Lance and you gave up multiple first round picks to get him. You, you there, clearly you saw something in him. So I can't give up on Lance yet. He has not been fully healthy and you know, only a handful of games played. So I still have to keep the door open for him. I think I'm rolling with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. You know, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to hit the free agent market. I think somebody's going to want to pay him, Starting money, I don't know if they, you know, if they want to pay out the butt for him, but uh, Garoppolo is going to get a decent-sized contract. I think the Niners would be smart to pass on that and roll with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. I think that's, uh, you know, if, if Trey Lance can outduel Purdy and win the job, great. But I think Purdy showed enough that, you know, he can be the guy with all these pieces on the offense of Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and Ray Ray McLeod. Like, I think you've got enough pieces there that you can roll with Brock Purdy and feel confident in him continuing to develop and get better. So that's what I would do. Um, you're going to have a big hole to fill on defense because it sounds like you're going to lose to Miko Ryan. Uh, according to my sources, he's, he's actually on a plane here to Houston today. Uh, they're going to get this thing done. He's going to be the next uh, head coach of the Houston Texans sometime this week. So uh, it's going to be a big hole to fill because those, those defensive players have all really responded in his scheme. Fred Warner and Bosa, they've all had monster years with him running the defense. So uh, that'll be a big hole to fix. But, yeah, the quarterback debacle there in uh, San Francisco, uh, I don't know if there is a right answer. Do you think the Niners should even entertain the thought of Tom Brady? Because Tom Brady is out there. He's going to be moving on, it looks like. And if he continues to play, there are going to be a few teams that will have interest. And there's always been – that that thought that Tom Brady may eventually go home at some point and play for the Niners. Yeah, I entertain it. I mean, we saw, like we said, what we saw in the offense, Shanahan is basically it's a plug-and-play offense. You can put any quarterback in there and, you know, can, can execute and, and be good. But, God, I mean, you guys watched Tom Brady this year. I had him in one of my fantasy teams. And it was like, 
you know, Jekyll and Hyde. You didn't know what Tom Brady you were getting week in and week out. And most weeks it was bad Tom Brady. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's done. I don't know how much he, he has left in the tank. And, you know, can that offensive line protect him more than the group he had in Tampa this past year? Yeah, I think so. But is it that much of an upgrade if you're San Fran? I mean, and it sounds crazy because we're talking about the greatest quarterback to ever play, but at this point in his career, is Tom Brady that much better than a Brock Purdy? I don't, I don't know. That sounds, sounds nuts so to say that, but if you watched them play this year, man, there were, there were some good moments. There were some nice moments where he was hooking up with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and, and dumping off the Leonard Fournette and all that, but there was a lot of bad with Tom Brady this year. I mean, throwing a guy's feet, uh, inaccurate balls at times, so – I don't know. That's a that's a Kyle Shanahan question to ask, but I, it wouldn't surprise me. Put it that way, if they decide uh, they'll get Brady on a one or two year deal and bring him in and try to run, make a Super Bowl run with him. Not not the craziest thing I've heard. Well, before we let you get out of here, uh, Chris, I wanted to ask you what you were talking about with Domingo Ryan's and, and being the coach of of the Houston Texans, which looks like it's going to be happening. Uh, if that's the case, do you think it's a great move? And what type of uh, changes or what type of things you think he can do in year one to try to immediately start improving this team? Yeah, I mean, everything we've heard is that he, he really, like, he wants to come to Houston. And he's a guy who's a Houston Texans legend and, you know, is still their all-time leading uh, leading tackler in the franchise. Um, you know, I think he's ready for this. When you talk to people around him, and people with the Niners and, and people that have worked with him and, and that he's coached, he's, he's very hands-on, but he's also been asking questions to give him feedback about the offense. Uh, that's what was crazy to me was hearing there's some guys on the offense side of the ball with the Niners is that D'Amico will pull him aside and go, hey, hey, look for this. I mean, that to me is – that guy's valuable on so many different levels. Um, and then you talk about what he's going to bring to Houston. You know, there's talk to Bobby Slowick, the uh, – passing game coordinator with the 49ers may come and be his offensive coordinator. So I think that would be great. Um, and then whoever else he wants to hire and build the staff, they say, you know, he'd probably still be calling plays on the defensive side. Um, I think it would be a home run hire for the Texans. It's a guy that gets it on every level. You know, when he got drafted out of Alabama by the Texans, uh, within his rookie year, he became a captain. Uh, you know, the, his old defensive coordinator, Coach Smith, said this week that, you know, there were times where D'Amico would, would call call out to D.C. and say, hey, Coach, shouldn't we be in this alignment? He would go, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, D'Amico. So he's a, he's a leader, um, and he's a guy that I think is ready for his opportunity. And, you know, as bad as Houston has been, the Texans have been in recent years, uh, a dumpster fire as a lot of people have called them. I think this thing could turn around very quickly with D'Amico coming in. You hit a home run with your number two pick. You go get your franchise quarterback, whether that's Jay Stroud or Bryce Young. And you start to build this thing very quickly. And we've seen it happen. Cincinnati turned this thing around with Joe Burrow. By year two, they were in the playoffs. Uh, you know, look at Jacksonville. By year two with Trevor Lawrence, they were in the playoffs. So the Texans are kind of hoping that uh, D'Amico could turn this thing around.